Thank you for listening to WNLA's Sermon of the Week. Visit our website at wnla.church for ways to partner with us and to connect with our ministries. Here is this week's sermon. All right. I, I, when I first heard that song, so if you don't know, if you I'm sure just a little bit, um, I, I've known Josiah Aho probably since he was in freshman in high school, watched all of his plays, uh, loved him dearly. Um, at his graduation party a couple years ago, he invited a bunch of us over to their house. And, um, and from what I knew of Josiah Aho is that he was a perfect kid. Honestly, like that's who I, I'm like, wow, he's awesome. Like I just, I admire him. Um, and, uh, and so we, we get to the grad party and, and it's, it's set up different than any grad party. It was a worship service. And, and, uh, and he gets up and he, shared, he shares his testimony of his rebellion against the Lord against what, what he had done, and he had invited all the people that he had rebelled with. <laughs> and, and he stood up there and he publicly repented about what he'd done, and he confessed that this is not who I am. This is... And then he sang that song with his brother and his dad, and it was, whoo, it was, it was beautiful. Um, and I, 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 wanna, I want you to understand one thing about repentance. Like, so... So, for instance, my, my opinion of, uh, of Josiah, I call him Aho because my son's Josiah as well. But my opinion of Josiah Aho was here. And you would think that when somebody confesses, well, this is what I did and this is how I lied and this is the, the show I was putting on, that your opinion would drop. But I'm telling you, that public confession of the repentance, all it did was like, wow. Because we all know the, the, where we've fallen. And what the enemy would want to do is keep you silent like, and, and not repent, as if somehow other people's opinions are mattering to you more than the Father. And, and, uh, and so, oh, it was beautiful. Then uh, last year, you got married a year ago, right? So Josiah, my son Josiah and I got to fly to Arizona and be there, and they sang that again at the wedding reception. I'm like, boy, I just want my church to be blessed by this and this testimony. So thank you so much. Um, repentance, folks. Repentance it, it isn't what you think it is. Repentance isn't, isn't being just so sorry and sad for what you've done. Repentance is literally, what it literally means is to change your mind about what you've done. It means I don't believe that was right anymore. I completely changed my mind. I've turned around and I walk away from it. That's what repentance is. A change of mind. That's the, that's the story of the prodigal son. The prodigal sons, actually, changed their mind. Now, the story of the prodigal son isn't, isn't really my main point today, but I want to start there, and we're going to get to where I believe the Lord has something for us. Um, I, I actually fought against t- preaching on the prodigal son on Father's Day because it's a little on the nose. <laughs> Uh, about the Father, but, it, but it's good, and it will bless you. So I'm going to throw it out here, and we're going to jump right in so we uh, don't run out of time. Luke chapter 15, and I'm not going to read the whole thing. I'm going to read the beginning. I'll fill in the middle, and I'll read the end so that we can, we can get to the, the point today. But this is, of course, Jesus telling a story about these two sons, about a father and two sons, and I want to read this to you. So here we go. It says, Luke 15, verse 11 through 13, Jesus continued, 
There was a man who had two sons. The younger one said to his father, Father, give me my share of the estate. So he divided his property between them. Not long after that, the younger son got together all that he had and set off for a distant country, and there he squandered his wealth in wild living. Stop there for a second. Filling in the blanks here. So the younger son, he gets, he gets his portion of the estate. He goes off. You probably already know the story. He wastes it all in wild living. He uh, runs out of money. None of his, his friends are all scoundrels. He hires himself off to feed pigs. He's sitting there feeding the pigs, looking at their food and being like, that looks yummy. And he realizes, I have been a fool. And he decides, how many of my father's hired hands have better than this? I will go back to my father, and I will repent, and I'll say, I'm no longer worthy to be called a son, but make me one of your, your servants. So he goes back. And, and as soon as the father sees, as you know it, the father comes running down the road, and he, he, uh, he, he calls his servants, and he says, give this, get, go get the fatted calf, put a robe on my son, give him, give him the signet ring. My son has returned, once was lost, and now is found. Um, and he gives him a hug. They throw the big party, as we heard in the song. Now we're going to pick up again with the older brother. This is in verse 25. Meanwhile, the older son was in the field. When he came near the house, he heard music and dancing. So he called one of the servants and asked him what was going on. Your brother has come, he replied, and your father has killed the fatted calf because he has, has him back safe and sound. The older brother became angry and refused to go in. So his father went out and pleaded with him, but he answered his father, Look, all these years I've been slaving for you and never disobeyed your orders, yet you never even gave me a young goat so I could celebrate with my friends. But when this son of yours, who has squandered your property with prostitutes, comes home, you killed the fattened calf for him. My son, the father said, you are always with me, and everything I have is yours. But we had to celebrate and be glad because this brother of yours was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. That's the heart of the Father. There it is. So, lots of, lots of ways we can go here. But the one, there's something that I noticed this time, I believe, that I hadn't seen before. At least hadn't really pondered much before. Um, and by the way, that's repentance lifestyle. Like... Living, when you come to the scripture, when you come to the Lord as a know-it-all, you're not repentant. You come to the Lord humbly and allow him to change and be like, wow, I guess I was wrong about that one too. There you go, repentance. But here's what I noticed. It says this, it said this in the beginning. So, so the, the father, he divided his property between the two of them. He had two sons and he divided his property between the two of them. And you're thinking, okay, yeah. Uh, what, so what? Let me, let me help you illustrate the point. I need, I need two sons, uh, two people to come and help me out here. Who wants to? Uh, you'll get something out of it. So, All right. First one up wins. You, Ben. Let's go. We got two sons here. All right, whoever. You got to come up on the stage. Come up on the stage. So I want to help illustrate. Stand right in front so they can see you. I'm the father here. Now, so it says in the scripture, the father divided up the estate between the two of them. Watch this. So I'm the father. I get everything that I have. This is my estate. I told you you'd get something out of it. This is basic math. I have $2. This is my estate. You got this? I know school's out and this is tough. 
I divide it between the two of them. Ben, you're the older father, because you got the younger kid's sunglasses on right there. There's you, the older son. All right, so I divide it between the two of them. Look at me. Now look at me. How much do I have left? I don't have anything left. Okay? They've got my estate now. They've got it. The younger son, go away for a second. Go off. You go live a wild lifestyle. Not too wild. All right, come on back. Come on back. Now, watch this. Scoot out a little. I'm in my space here, too. The younger son comes back. You still got your dollar? He's been working hard with his dollar. The, father, the son comes back. What does the father do? Go get the fatted calf. Go get the robe. Go get the ring. Here you go. Have a good day. All right, go sit down. You can keep, you can keep that. Okay, but, so here, here's, what, here's what blew my mind a little bit here. He divided his property, property between the two of them. So in all practical essence, he should have nothing left. But when the son comes back, oh, look what else I have. Here's the thing. The father has a limitless supply. And yet you and I treat him as if the $1 meager inheritance is all I can ever get. One, two, and he could keep going. He could keep going. There's also something there. What did, what did the older son say when he comes back? You didn't even give me so much as a goat. I'm going to go into this, but, but elsewhere in the scripture, the, the, uh, the Lord talks about the sheep and goat judgment. And there's, a, there's an illustration here that you can deep dive on a little bit more there. But look at me. No matter how much you think the Father has given you or given somebody else, he has infinitely more beyond you could ask or think. And so squabbling over the dollar bills is really dumb. Or treating the Lord as if, as if he's finally tapped out on you. Oh, he, I've repented for probably the last time. There's no more dollar bills left for me. And he reaches into his back pocket with his limitless supply. There's more, church. There's more that the Father has. The story of repentance. We got the younger son. He, his repentance was, was made known in the scripture. The older son, we get left in a bit of a cliffhanger. We don't know if he repents of where he was at. Because the older son took his dollar. He had half of the estate. And yet he continued to treat the father as if this is all there was left. Meanwhile, somehow, the father still has a fatted calf, a ring, he's got, he's got robes, he's got an entire estate still, even though he'd already divided it in two. Why don't I even get a fatted calf, Lord? Many of us, when you live a life outside of faith. Yes, you got saved when you, were, when you were a kid at some point, maybe. And you got your dollar bill at that point. The inherit. oh, I got, I got a portion. I'm ready to go. 
and you live the rest of your life as if you've got you've to shelter this one dollar, and this is all you're going to get, and you're out toiling in the field. Now, there's nothing wrong with hard work. We could use more people who know how to work hard. That's not what I'm talking about. But you never come to the Lord in faith. Because if that older, older son had come back and said, hey, I got my one dollar, and you still see, what would be the best use of this? The father would look at him and say, you want to pool it with mine? All that I have is yours. What would be the, invest, the best investment of my gifts and my talents? Listen, your gifts and your talents are exponential if you, if you tap them into the Holy Spirit. In and of yourself, you can toil and you'll get, it'll be hard, it'll be hard. And yet somehow Jesus looks at us and he says, but my milk is easy and my burden is light. Hebrews 11.6 says this, without faith it is impossible to please God. So this son repented of, of his nonsense, and this son still needed to repent of his nonsense. What was his nonsense? No faith. A works-based lifestyle of one dollar, and that's all I've got, and I've got 70 years to, to make care of my, to take care of this dollar, and that's all there is, and I, ah, he's such a stingy God. And that's not the God we serve. It is a repentance that is needed from both sons. And you, maybe you're the son that was out doing nonsense and whatever, and, and you need to repent from that. Yes, come back to the Father. But maybe you're the son, you've pulled yourself up by your bootstraps, and you're going to spend your whole, it's going to, we're going to make it happen. You need to repent. Because <laughs> you don't understand the Father. A limitless Father. The best investment. And again, I, I'm, a, I'm a big fan of people who know how to work hard. But often the temptation is to work hard at the expense of faith. The Lord says, just believe. Without faith, it's impossible to, to please me. Yeah, but I, if I don't do this, don't, listen, why don't you just spend some time with the Father and see about letting the work happen through the power of the Holy Spirit. Okay, here's the gift. And again, I'm going to keep it short today. This is a gift for you fathers and anybody else who's had a father. That's all of us. So lean in here. If you get nothing else, listen to this. Galatians chapter 6, verse 9. Here's your heavy revy for today. It says this. Let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Okay? Let us not grow weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. We're going to unpack this for a second, so pay attention. Let us not grow weary. Every time I get to this verse, I'm like, that's easier said than done, right? Am I right? You're like, uh, I'm weary and I'm tired. Thanks a lot. It's like this. If you were, if you were following somebody, on a, somebody's running a marathon. They're on mile 20. And you come riding up on your bicycle behind them and you're like, hey, are you tired? Don't be. Or, I'm on mile 20 of a whatever. I'm tired, but I'm not too tired to take that megaphone and shove it down your throat. 
When you're tired, am I right? That's how you feel. Once I will snap at you with all that I am, and I will shove that mega. Are you tired? <laughs> so Galatians, initially when I read this, that's kind of how I've, I've read it many times. Hey, hey, <laughs> I know it's tough right now. Are you tired? Don't be. God bless. Thanks, Paul. <laughs> Appreciate that inspired word. Do not be weary. So I wanted to look into this. And I believe this will bless you. And this is your gift today. When it says this, as you know, Galatians was written in the Greek language. The word weary here is ekakeo. Ekakeo. And it means this, to be utterly spiritless. Here's how I want you to understand this, to be utterly spiritless. Jesus said this right before he died. He's like, hey guys, it's good that I go. Because if I go, I can send you the Holy Spirit. Also said this, and you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. It's not by strength, not by power, but by my spirit, declares the Lord. Here's the thing. When you feel like you are on mile 20 of the marathon, it's not somebody pedaling behind you saying, you tired? It's somebody saying, are you working in the spirit or are you working in the flesh? Are you, are you tired today? I'm telling you, it's a gift for you to understand. Like when you start to get that, when you feel like you're going to shove the megaphone down somebody's throat, it is the Lord God's gift to you to say, maybe you're doing this on your own right now. Instead of through the power of the Spirit. That's why it says, lean not on your own understanding. Yeah, but, so the older brother's here in the field toiling away in his own strength because he's got one dollar and by gosh, I'm going to make this dollar count. And the, and the father's like, but I've given you the Spirit, which is everything. Access to everything. Are you tired today is my question. And the answer is, don't be. Yeah, but that's easy. No, it's not. It's not easier said than done. It's easier, easier done than said. Because all you have to do is say, fill me, Lord. I'm telling you, one of the greatest things you can do in your weariness is speak in tongues. Pray in the Spirit on all occasions. Like When you are weary, go into your closet and just pray in the Spirit. Yeah, but this won't get done. Hey, it's not going to get done well anyway because you're toiling over it. It'll get done to your satisfaction and your strength, and at the end of the day, you'll feel like, as Bilbo Baggins says, too much butter spread over, wait, too little butter spread over too much bread. If you're here today and you feel like too much too little butter spread over. Hi, it's Bilbo Baggins. All right. My answer to you is be filled with the Holy Spirit. Oh, do I have to go toil for that too? See, there's the other mistake. And I was raised in a, in a culture in a, in a, that was told you need to go beg and plead for the Holy Spirit. But the father's like, who of you... You, though, are evil, know how to give good gifts to your kids. How much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit simply to those who? 
ask. When is the last time you said, Father, I need your Holy Spirit? I need more of your Holy Spirit. Fill me. Listen, that should be one of your daily prayers. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. And you, you start heading to work. Oh, Father, fill me with your Holy Spirit. You go to head to a conversation with your kids. Father, fill me with your Holy Spirit. Go to, go to head to a conversation with your boss, with your spouse. They're not the same person, by the way. I didn't mean <laughs> Fill me with your Holy Spirit. Because if you aren't operating out of the Spirit of God, you're operating out of your own spirit, which is gifted, but you're only one dollar. The Spirit is infinite. And He's able to make straight the paths that you can't. He's able to, to level the ground that with you and your one shovel it would take a lifetime or longer, but he's got the Holy Spirit bulldozer. And so when you say, Father, go before me, be around me, be in me, fill me with your spirit. And so when we read this in Galatians, do not be weary. It's, it's actually doable. Fill me with your spirit, Father. Fill me with your spirit. I need your spirit. One of my favorite quotes from Steve Backlund. He says, uh, we are called believers. That should give you a hint as to what we're supposed to be doing. We aren't called bedoers. We believe. It's, that's faith. It's not by faith. It's, by, it's, it's not by works. It's by faith. I want you to stand with me. Kaylee, I'm going to have you come here. We're going to just have a moment here. You are going to bow your heads and close your eyes. And if, you have, if you're feeling tired and weary, please don't feel shame from that. Just know that the Father is coming running to you as soon as you say, hey, <laughs> Father, he's there. If you, you, you got drugged to church here today, but you know your heart is hard and you've been out partying with the pigs. Oh, this is a moment to say, Father. And you're weary. I want you to ask, Father, fill me with your Holy Spirit. So I want to spend just a couple of minutes here. This is your altar time. This is your moment with, this, with the Lord, God Almighty. Jesus Christ. And his invitation is to take his yoke upon you. His yoke is easy, his burden is light. So just spend a few minutes here speaking to him. Ask him to fill you.
So, that's a great message. Uh, what, what we're called to today, a call to repentance. Like if you're here and, and you need to repent or maybe you did throughout the service, like there's a call to repentance, a call to the prodigal to come back to the Father. Like I loved um, in the song that the Ajo sang, they said uh, something about and what would make an old man run down a dirt road. And I just had this image of like literally God like just getting hyped up and like running down this road as fast as he can as a madman. Like I don't think we have that picture of God in our minds, but God is excited for you to come back. And there, like sometimes there can be some shame um, right, if you're like a prodigal, I've been a prodigal, there's shame, like, oh, do my parents know? Do like, there's shame in coming back. There's no shame, right? We, we build it up in our minds that there's shame. There's no shame. God's hyped up. He's excited. He's like, man, that's my child. I'm running down the road like a crazy person because I love them so much. So I just want to tell you, like, if you're a prodigal coming back, there's a party. Like, there's no shame. Like, God is rejoicing in heaven with the angels. There's a party going on. Um, the second call is to rely on the Holy Spirit, to stop relying on ourselves, but to rely fully on the Holy Spirit and to, like, step into what he has for you. Um, I'm going to be quick. I'm sorry. I feel like I'm preaching, but there's an, an analogy I heard yesterday that this, this preacher, he said he had been in the mudroom of, of the presence of God for his entire life. And he thought all there was was the mudroom. But when he really pressed into God, he realized that, hey, there's, there's a mansion. That God has a mansion for me. And so I encourage you to, to explore more than just the mudroom, right? When we, when we receive Jesus, we step into the mudroom. But chase after him and see what he has for you. He has a room for you. He has a dining room. He has a mansion of his goodness and his presence waiting for you. So I invite us to stop relying on ourselves and to rely on Jesus and the Holy Spirit and to step in and see see all that he has for you. Jesus, I thank you for your presence today, God. I thank you for your heart for us, God, that you love us so much, that you are the Father who, who chases after us, who is excited to see us, and that we don't have to rely on ourselves, but we get to rely fully on you. So I just pray that you would walk us through that this week, God, as we um, decide to come back to you, to walk with you, to give you all that we have and to rely fully on you, that you would walk gently with us in that, that you would show us how that's done, give us wisdom, give us strength to do that, to keep pressing in, to not grow weary, but to walk in your spirit every day. I pray over this congregation, God, I, th I say thank you for our fathers. I pray that you would strengthen them and give them wisdom as they walk and lead their families, that they would rely fully on you and they wouldn't grow weary, but they would walk and be led in your spirit. I pray for a, a filling of the Holy Spirit over every single person in this congregation. God, uh, replace what needs to be replaced and fill it with your Holy Spirit. God, a call to repentance that we would just be drawn to you and led by your Holy Spirit. Yeah, Jesus, in Jesus' name, amen. Come on, God is so good, amen? All right, I just want to say happy Father's Day again. Uh, we will be having our golf competition out in the backfield. So uh, you can follow me back there. We got some golf balls, we got some clubs. There's going to be a white line that you can stand. And uh, we're going to be chipping balls the closest to the flag, gets two gift cards to the Demolition Derby, so we'll meet out there. Happy Father's Day, and if you didn't get a gift card, you can grab them from Noah in the back.
We hope you enjoyed this week's sermon. If you have any questions, prayer requests, or if you would like to partner with our ministry, please visit our website at wnla.church.